Welcome to the Curious Podcast, where we are constantly in the process of getting to the bottom of shit. The implication is that the Holy Spirit told him what to do in, uh, in response to his prayers. Well, I can't judge that aspect, but unless there is some amazing source of cosmic energy, this is impossible. Hi guys, I hope you're all doing well and looking after yourselves. Get your favourite snack and get comfortable because this episode is going to have drama, mystery and of course, conspiracy. As the title gives away, we will be talking about an invention some of you may never have heard of. I know I haven't. I was amongst those people until recently, sitting at home and chilling as you do. I heard about a man named Stanley Myers as I smoked my spliff whilst YouTube played in the background. Today, I will be telling you about the story of Stanley Myers and how he lost it all, including his life. Stanley was a hands-on kind of guy, always tinkering with machinery due to his interest in knowing the inner workings of objects and identifying their components. Stanley was born on August 24th, 1940 in the Columbus East Side area. From early childhood, he was fixated on building something new. His twin brother, Stephen, even said, quote, we were always building something. We went out and created our toys, end quote. Stanley pivoted into inventing things as he got older and owned several patents, more than 200,000. His affinity for creating things had not gone unnoticed and in 1989, the Patent Office had given Stanley special preference due to his clever alterations. Stanley's patents were put into action within eight months of its initial submission. This was not the standard as most patents would take more than a year to put into action after submission. The people at the Patent Office justified this as they believed Stanley's inventions were modern and ahead of their time. So that's Stanley. He made a name for himself through his various patents. And up until this point, was well respected in the community. Many of his patents were created at an Ohio technological research and development company. Stanley worked at Battelle Foundation conducting technological research that could further advance humanity as well as spending time at NASA. The man was clearly very knowledgeable in his field and garnered considerable support from other countries including Sweden, Canada and England. As you can guess with many of the stories I cover, things would soon take a dark turn. I myself wasn't around in the 1970s, but I want to read to you some of the things that this decade was best known for in America. Quote, the 1970s economy in America and the globe was deeply impacted by an international oil crisis, brought on by an embargo on oil exports 
put in place by Arab countries following the 1973 Arab-Israeli war. The price of oil would quadruple before it was over, and in the meantime, gas was rationed and drivers found themselves in lines at gas stations that were sometimes a mile long or more. Many decided to dump their gas guzzlers for compact cars, many of them imported, end quote. It seems that history is always repeating itself. Are we currently reliving the 70s, guys? Okay, side note. Stay with me on this one. Every belief has their own interpretation of life and its purpose. I want to introduce a theory you've all heard of, reincarnation. Buddhists, Hindus and other groups believe in this concept, but I want to branch this idea out further. After watching and reading some interesting takes on the purpose of life and the planet we live on, I want to share these ideas with you. To summarise, reincarnation is the process of your soul being sent back to Earth to learn some lessons. If you don't learn the lessons, you get sent back again in another body but with no memory of your past life or self. The concept suggests that you will remain in a perpetual state of reincarnation until you are able to figure out your shit and ascend. Which is the end goal as you will not return back to earth but instead ascend into a higher dimension and live in ultimate peace. With that being said, there are some people that may have come back hundreds of times because they haven't done the work they're supposed to. These people can be classified as loopers, as the process they are unknowingly going through is essentially a never-ending loop. Enter the time loop theory, but over a larger span of time. The time loop theory is one that has been played around with a lot in science fiction, However, as we know, a lot of the concepts discussed in science fiction are not actually fiction. Such as time travel. Check out episode 82 for more info on that. So back to the time loop theory. Stay with me guys. There are other ideas that further state our planet is also in some sort of loop, which I will explore in a future episode because it's so interesting to me. And it will be interesting to you, don't worry. For example, many people alive during the AIDS epidemic in the 80s say that the COVID pandemic feels like a repeat of that time. Going further back in time, there are eerie similarities between the Spanish flu outbreak and the COVID pandemic. Both are fake, but I digress. In current times, we are getting reports of flying objects in American skies, one was identified as a harmless Chinese weather balloon, whilst the other has still not been identified. The last time anything like this happened in America was during the Roswell incident, which was I think in 1945 or 47. During this time, they also claimed the object was a weather balloon. That's so fucking weird, guys. Connecting that thought process to this episode topic today, we are seeing gas prices through the roof in America, which has also been known to have 
stable and affordable gas prices for decades. And also in the 1970s, in America, a war was linked to the gas prices exploding and people trading in their gas guzzling cars for smaller ones. That sounds like the problems of today, except that people are transitioning to electric cars. I just wanted to mention this tangent about us living in some sort of time loop where certain themes seem to reoccur every few decades, just with slight alterations due to the period of time. You know you're in a loop when nothing original exists and everything has been done before. And interestingly enough, isn't that one of the oldest sayings, nothing is new, everything's been done before? I mean, I really do think we're living in a time loop, but I'll get back to our episode. Back to the 70s now, Stanley had a front row seat to the mass hysteria that was unfolding in light of the oil embargo. This affected citizens all over the country as gas became somewhat of a rare commodity overnight. The demand for new cars even dropped as maintaining a vehicle had become too expensive. Stanley saw a need for something different now that oil wasn't so widely available. This is when he got to work on the infamous water engine. Here's a clip of Stanley explaining how the technology works. Just explaining how this thing okay, works. Can you zoom in back in here? Are we on? Okay, now this is the, uh, the computer system which was designed uh, in order to be able to process the fuel to produce the hydrogen gas from water and do it economically and be able to control its firing going in engine to allow the, uh, uh, the Volkswagen engine to run uh, off of uh, hydrogen. There's a lot of uh, uh, engineering design that went into this even though that this is our, uh, our systems engineering approach uh, the hydrogen computer system you see here will be miniaturized down to several uh, IC chips which will allow us uh, to give the economics uh, to apply to a conventional car. Over here, uh, there's very unique design features uh, that had to be developed in order to uh, develop the water fuel cell as a, a retrofit energy system to conventional cars. Um, we had to go ahead and devel uh, develop the laser, what we call the laser distributor as you see right here, which is put between the conventional uh, rotor cap and that of the rotor assembly. And primarily what this does, this sets up the electronic uh, signals that goes back and triggers the computer system in order to allow uh, the car to run successfully on hydrogen. Uh, in order to run this uh, engine off of uh, water, we've also had to learn the ability to adjust the burn rate of hydrogen to co-equal the fossil fuels. We did this by simply now uh, pulling off a portion of the exhaust gas that's coming from the engine, as you see through this tube here, that's going through this electronic regulator that's hooked up to the hydrogen computer. And basically what's happening is that as the ambient air is going into the engine and going through the burning process, it produces the non-combustible gases that retards the speed by which the oxygen atom unites the hydrogen and bring on gas ignition. So by simply using the, the non-combustible gases coming from the exhaust of the engine, we now modulate and control the speed by which that oxygen unites with the hydrogen 
and therefore we are adjusting the burn rate of hydrogen to co-equal that of gasoline or, or, or fossil fuels or even diesel fuel. And that gave us the number one uh, retrofit capabilities of retrofitting the water fuel cell technology to an existing engine. And we do this electronically. The unit that you see right here, we call this a gas processor. And basically what we're doing is we're ionizing the ambient air gases that is now going into the process. And this allows us to trigger and use the hydrogen fracturing technology and tapping into a higher energy yield coming from the hydrogen. The unit you see right here, this is referred to as a resonant cavity. Uh, water is now fed into the resonant cavity through this water tank. And as such, we now expose the water to a very high intense pulse voltage field and restrict the amps. And therefore, the electrical polarization process now allows us to release the hydrogen economically from water. And by attenuating the uh, voltage field, uh, the amplitude of the voltage field, we now can control the rate of the production of the hydrogen gas on demand. So this is what's called, referred to as a constant demand generator. We also now extend or allow the voltage amplitude to increase even to a higher level and allow the, uh, the water uh, atoms to go into a, an ionization state, which gives us the ability even to produce a higher energy yield uh, by producing more hydrogen gas uh, on demand. Stanley was an inventor and he enjoyed what he did. It was all about figuring out how to make something work better than it did before. Stanley was introducing water instead of gas as a form of fuel. He wanted to share his water engine technology with the world and as water was readily available and abundant, it seemed like the perfect idea if it was really possible. Quote, after a few months of development of his fuel cell engine, Meyer built a buggy which was powered by his revolutionary fuel cell engine. It worked like a charm. Meyer claimed that the device required less energy to perform electrolysis than the minimum amount hypothesized or predicted by conventional sciences. Some accounts also describe that he developed an electric cell which split your ordinary tap water into its basic atoms, hydrogen and oxygen, with even less energy required." End quote. Stanley's water fuel cell caught the attention of serious investors after his presentation of the buggy. So he rode a buggy around in public to display its capabilities, and it ran smoothly like any other vehicle. Stanley then proceeded to carry out demonstrations around the US and this went very well for him. People were absolutely amazed seeing a vehicle running off water alone. Stanley did not agree with conventional scientists as by their standards, this kind of invention could not exist, let alone be possible. I keep saying Stanley's vehicle ran off water, but technically it was the molecules that made up water. Water can be split into both hydrogen and oxygen using electricity. The hydrogen can then be used as fuel to power a car cross-country with only 75 litres of water. Just as swiftly as he'd gained the attention of investors, Stanley was hit with several lawsuits regarding the originality of his invention. In 1996, he was taken to court in Ohio for fraud charges. On account that the fuel cell was using the already developed technology of the electrolysis fuel cell and was just being marketed 
as an original idea. Expert witnesses claim that Stanley's water fuel cell used electrolysis to split the water, which to them was an already developed technology being marketed as new. What I don't understand here is that Stanley didn't actually claim he invented electrolysis or anything like that. He just said, hey guys, I made a car run on water using electrolysis, check this out. The basis of the lawsuit is pretty shaky in my opinion as an armchair lawyer. When I put on my tinfoil hat, it's even more strange as it appears that the lawsuit is based on semantics, which is dumb but you can sue anyone for anything in America, so yeah. Unless it's glaringly obvious and with ill intent, I don't see what the point was in that lawsuit as he was already patenting the entire invention and not just the process of electrolysis. The courts then ordered Stanley to pay all the investors back in full. Nevertheless, this didn't slow down Stanley's momentum by March 1999, Stanley had returned all the money back to the previous investors and was scheduled to meet with two new foreign investors. These investors were from Belgium and had heard about Stan's inventions through the grapevine. They were set to meet at a restaurant to discuss business and both Stanley and his twin brother Stephen attended the meeting. Little does Stanley know that it would be his last meeting. After taking a sip of some cranberry juice that was served to him, Stanley grabbed his neck and ran out of the door. He then fell to his knees outside of the restaurant and began to vomit violently. Stanley's brother shortly followed him out and asked what was wrong, to which Stanley's last words were, quote, they poisoned me, end quote. A police investigation was conducted into Stan's death and after three months, it was ruled that his cause of death was a cerebral aneurysm. Countless people, including Stan's brother, believe that he was murdered. The business meeting with the foreign investors is the most obviously to follow, but there are no public records or accounts of the Belgian investors ever being spoken to or investigated, at least when you look online. That in itself is pretty strange when you see that a lot of Stanley's career was well documented including his patents, yet there is little to no information about the days leading up to his death. According to Stanley's brother, his life was threatened several times. Stan himself told everyone he knew that he was threatened many times as he would not sell out to Big Oil. By Big Oil, I'm referring to the big wigs that are in control of most of the world's oil. This includes the Gulf nations like Saudi Arabia. If an invention like this became widely adopted, then people in the oil industry would be out of business, essentially, and left with nothing. So it was in a lot of people's interests that stand be taken out, so to speak. If you have oil, you have power, not just money. And power is more important than anything else because in the 1970s, Arab countries decided to withhold oil from America because they were supporting Israel during um, an Arab-Israeli war that was happening at the time. And as you can see with this whole Russian-Ukraine thing, because Russia has so much gas, they can choose to withhold it from whoever they want to. So whoever has the commodities has the power and 
if you're going to take that power away from somebody by bringing in a totally new thing, I guess a lot of people are going to be very unhappy about that. Stan's method would also be way cheaper and easily accessible to everyone as water is literally everywhere. Vehicle owners would never have to worry about high gas prices or deciding between filling up their tank or buying food. I mean, it seems like anytime someone figures out something innovative or revolutionary, you know, something that could save us all a lot of money, they're discredited or die mysteriously. It reminds me of Nikola Tesla telling us free electricity is possible and accessible, and most academics ridiculing him for suggesting such a thing. If he was so dumb, why did the US government take all of his writings after he died, a majority of them still unreleased to the public? Weirdly enough too, a week after Stanley's death, his buggy that he used to demonstrate the water fuel cell disappeared and reappeared in Canada, in the garage of the Holbrook family, who were said to be partners with Stan and had worked with him quite a lot. The Holbrook family believed that someone would try to steal and or destroy Stan's work and claimed to have hidden it to preserve what he had created. Why would Stan's former partners be so afraid and worried that they hid his buggy in their garage as soon as he died? I'll let you guys decide for yourselves what you think about this one. When I first heard about Stanley Myers, I was surprised I'd never heard of him. Then again, things like this tend to get buried so people don't know what even happened. But now you know, you're very welcome. That's just what I do. I don't drive a car, but I am sure, I'm 100% sure, all of you car owners would love to just use your tap water to start a car. You'd never need to go into a petrol station again, unless you like paying for their overpriced snacks. So now, all of a sudden, all these, you know, ExxonMobil people, and so on and so on, wait a minute, wait a minute, you, all our huge profits, you're taking our gas away, and you're replacing it with water? No, we can't have that. What are you going to do with all our supporting stockholders? What are you going to do with all the people that are investors, you know? What are you going to do with all the people that are basically your employees? You can't stop us. You, you have something totally different. Simple thing is water? Are you going to put out, us out of business? Something's wrong here. That can't be. They all put the FBI, the NSA, the CIA after you. Because they don't, they don't want this cat out of the bag, you know? Because they won't make any money. The bankers won't make money anymore, so this is like terror to them water. Yes, I think it stands to reason that it, it is possible that Stanley Mayer was onto something real and he was uh, running his car on mainly hydrogen. But I think the, what, what happened was that his patents could not be replicated because he left out some important parts. So the patent was used to publish enough to protect his technology, but not to give it out. You can't just uh, implement it out of the, what he did. I haven't found uh, enough information in what Stanley Mayer left to replicate this technology. So what I did is I just took everything that I could find and gave it to others and say, hey, I give you uh, a system where you can see that there's something to it and you can place some of your gasoline 
with hydrogen. Now here is Stanley Mayer's uh, documents and patents. If you can do something with it, please do. I'm just, just giving it for free. But I couldn't replicate it myself, and, I, and none of my friends could either. Now, between me and you and a lamppost, the reason why I'm not seeing tons of this stuff out there, if they see what happened to Stanley, they might be, you know what? I don't want to walk in the same shoes because it might happen to me too. Well, the oil companies do. They hire like the mafia to do. They don't do the dirty work. They hire a guy to hire a guy. That's what I've read. It makes sense, you know. They hire a guy to hire a guy, and you just take thugs, you know. And you give them the money, people do anything, you know. He was in contact with some uh, guys from Belgium representing some energy enterprise. They wanted to buy his uh, patents and his technology. As I gathered, he actually refused. I think it was a quarter billion or something. And once he refused and he was announcing that he was going to do it himself, then he was eliminated by, by poisoning or something like that. So imagine you have a group of professional people at a luncheon, and all of a sudden, they start off with a toast. And what's interesting about the toast, it's cranberry juice. So let's have a toast with cranberry juice. Stanley takes his sip, and within not even a minute, he basically starts to shake, stands up, tries to run out the exit of the restaurant. His brother is fr frantic, runs after him. He goes, what's going on, Stan? What's going on? And Stan goes, I don't know what's going on, but I think I was poisoned. And a couple of minutes later, he's dead. Right there. I think that Stanley Mara was hit because he was not willing to give the information of how he runs a car totally on hydrogen. And I think the guys that were offering to buy it from him wanted to just kill it, forbid him from doing it. And then they would just put it in their, the deepest drawer that they can find. That's what I think they, they would have done with that, not uh, give it to mankind or anything. As of today, Stan's great inventions are not being used and his inventions are not being manufactured because it would solve literally all of the problems, well, most of the problems in today's society, such as gas prices, people not being able to afford cars, um, people not being able to afford to drive and travel around in cars. And it would also ruin this whole climate agenda and um, ruining the planet, because how can we ruin the planet if we're all using cars that run on water? But yet they're telling us to use electrical cars, which are actually doing more damage to the planet if you decide to educate yourself, guys, because they are getting cobalt or cobalt, however you fucking call it, from African countries like Congo, making children, underage children, mine for this, and then it's being sent here. And the damage done from that is far, far greater, firstly, than petrol. And I'm pretty sure if we all had water fuel cells, there would be probably nearly zero damage. So we would probably reach way closer to this net zero that they keep crying about if we actually all had access to Stanley's invention. But hey, that's not how the world works. The world works on making money and what costs more money right now is the electrical cars because the grift is it saves the planet. It doesn't really, but they want you to buy that. As they're going to ban petrol cars anyway, due to the fact that you can still 
save some money on a petrol car and it's quite versatile it does last a long time you can store petrol whereas with the electric car it's kind of like you're chained to it because you have to charge it and it's also very inconvenient and uses up a lot of energy so money is the ruler here and this is my opinion on why Stanley it was most likely murdered and why his inventions have not seen the day of light because I am very much sure that this does exist and is possible but they don't want people to know because it would ruin the auto market. I think that's what it's called, right? The car market, automobile, auto market, whatever. I don't drive anyway. But we live in opposite land, guys. We live in crazy world. Something that would benefit us. All the things that benefit us are hidden away or just destroyed and we are sold and advertised the worst of the worst because it makes the most money. It's never about helping you. It's about it's about how much money can be made from you. Just remember that. Apply that to everything else and it makes sense. <laughs> Anyways, that was an insane story. RIP Stan and I hope his brother's okay. Apparently his brother, ever since Stanley died, Stephen just stopped talking about the invention and stopped talking about the patents because he was too scared um, after seeing his brother die in such a mysterious way like that. No one believes that he died of a brain aneurysm. And Stefan unfortunately refuses to speak about anything to do with their inventions or his brother's inventions. I think he worked on a lot of the inventions with him maybe. Um, they were quite close and he was his right hand man in a lot of things. But yeah, it's quite a shame. But maybe one day we will all be using water fueled stuff once it's discovered and you know once the good guys win whenever that is because right now the bad guys are in charge and they've been in charge for a while so yeah also i have a sick sad world post coming out on friday on my website www.thecuriouspodcast.co.uk keep your eyes peeled for that because it's going to be kind of fucked up but people need to know about it it's going to be called the Epstein of Europe because this guy is basically the Epstein of Europe but on steroids it's actually horrific and insane how much stuff this guy has done and gotten away with. I'm not going to give you any more details. I just want you to go check out the Six Sad World post on Friday so watch out for that. Also if you guys have any revolutionary inventions try not to talk about it too much because you might end up like Stan. Thanks for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. If you're into the strange, morbid, or curious, I'll see you in the next episode. Stay safe. Stay curious. For real. <laughs>